Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors just came back and beat the Miami Heat in a game that they honestly, they had no business winning. I'll be honest, I was watching that game and I was a little bored. I was writing down some notes. Some of that stuff was like dog days of the season. Man, this is kind of boring. I really miss James Wiseman. This team is like soulless without Draymond Green, but that's why they uh, play the whole game, I guess. Uh, the Warriors hung in. They surprisingly came back in the fourth and kept it close enough for Steph to come in and get off of his cold shooting game and hit a few important shots. They took it to overtime. And they just hit the shots at the end when it mattered. I'm very, very impressed. I'm very surprised. I honestly thought with no Draymond, they had no chance. With Steph not playing well, they had no chance. With both of those things happening, I was like, okay, this is a Miami team that is just going to run right through the Warriors. Yes, Miami's having a rough season. Yes, they're struggling. But they got Jimmy Butler back. And I figured they were just going to start clicking, just run away with this game. That's what it felt like. I was writing about who the Warriors could get for Kelly Oubre because early on, he was the only guy having a decent game. I still wonder who the Warriors could get for Kelly Oubre, but I will save that for a later day. But yeah, the Clippers win, the Lakers win. This might be right up there. Again, by the nature of how they came back and how they're down all of their centers except for Eric Paschal. They're basically down their top three centers and they scraped and they clawed and they were scrappy and that was super super entertaining at the end let's face facts the first three quarters was kind of a slog you know the warriors couldn't really seem to get anything going and it was just like oh one of these nights huh but i gotta give props to andrew wiggins that guy he was Having a decent night, he was missing a lot of threes, but he kept shooting them and he hit them when they mattered. I'm impressed by that. Hopefully that shows some growth. Hopefully that shows him that he can uh, take those shots and that it gives him the confidence that he can hit those shots when the Warriors need him to. He was eight for 16, four for nine from three. He had eight boards, six turnovers, but still the dude was plus 25, plus 25 for the night. The next person on that was... Eric Paschal, he was plus 10. So Wiggins, good game. The aforementioned Kelly Oubre, 9 for 15, 4 for 7 from 3, 8 boards, solid. And then Steph, 8 for 25, 5 for 20 from 3, Ooh, 11 assists, plus 8. Okay, so Steph had a rough game, but come on, it's, it's Steph Curry. And all you needed to do was keep it close for when he got back into the game at the six-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And he did what he does. He hit shots. The Warriors, as a team, got to overtime. And even though overtime started rough, neither team could really hit a shot. Wiggins hit that three. Steph hit a couple other threes. They got some stops. And that was it. They came away with a highly, highly improbable win. And Kent Bazemore, man, that guy, that guy showed me something. Steph must have like promised him some more free like Under Armour swag or something because he played his brains out, man. Clutch shots, extra effort, rebounds he didn't expect. He did have that one missed layup, I think, in overtime where I was like, yo, how did he miss that? Duncan Robinson got called for a foul, but that got overturned because he clearly didn't touch him. Bazemore just either anticipated it or just coughed it up off the glass too high. But yeah, man, he he made a huge difference, just his chemistry. I mean, that's the importance of bringing someone 
like him onto the team. He may not have played for the Warriors for the past several years, but he he knows Steph and he knows how the Warriors play and that uh, pick and roll and all that extra stuff that he was doing, all that extra action he was running. That was cool. That was very, very fun to see. On that note, I made a comment uh, during the game. Kent Bazemore reminds me a lot of Terry Teagle. I mean, the games are slightly different because it's a different era, but just the the energy and the vibe on the court. Maybe Bazemore is a little bit more enthusiastic and energetic just because the times are different, but I don't know. It's just something I noticed. He was huge. He was huge tonight, and they don't win that game without him. Good on Kerr for uh, leaving him in the game. Not like he had many options, though, because starting Mulder in place of Draymond Green, that was that was ugly. <laughs> Eric Paschal, he finished out the game instead of Juan Toscano-Anderson. That makes sense. Seems like his physicality was something they needed against Bam Adebayo a little bit more. He played pretty well, had some clutch moments, and just played pretty tough in general. I thought Kendrick Nunn played Steph pretty well, but, you know, at the end, Curry does what he does. You know, to quote Barack Obama, that's what I do. I mean, that's what Steph does. Whatever. This is good. This is good. When I looked at the schedule and I saw that they had some soft spots coming up, I was like, yo, this is where they can win three games in a row because they haven't done that all season. And maybe a couple more. They get Orlando in Orlando. Then they go to Charlotte play the Hornets and LaMelo Ball. That should be fun. And then they go to New York to play the Knicks, a team that beat the Warriors, but really isn't that good. It all really depends on if the Warriors bigs can play in that game, if Draymond, if Wiseman, if Looney, if any of those guys play, because what the Knicks have are a lot of strong front court players, whether it's Julius Randle. I know Mitchell Robinson is out. Obi Toppin, some other dudes that I can't remember because I don't follow the Knicks, but you know what I'm saying. But that is a winnable game. And then they go to Indiana. Eh, I guess odds are they could win. They might lose, but still there's a stretch here where they, best case scenario, they could put together a five game winning streak. Fingers crossed. You never know. That would probably in this season, jump them up pretty high in the Western conference playoff standings. Anyway, I am saving all my negative comments, my negative thoughts from the first uh, three quarters of this game for maybe a later date. We'll see. But this is encouraging. Maybe this is a turning point. Who knows? Uh, But it's good to see them get a W and hit the road. Looking forward to seeing James Wiseman, Kavon Looney, and hopefully Draymond Green come back very soon and see what the Warriors can put together, especially with Wiseman and Looney. They've been playing small ball for a while, so we'll see if Wiseman has learned anything from the sidelines. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to share this podcast with your fellow Warrior fan friends. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. And go Dubs. <laughs>